0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's
1: get it. NC State completed their backcourt makeover today. They got a commitment from DJ Horn. Guard, who's a transfer from Arizona State. Horn averaged 12.5 points per game last year. Made 35% of his three-pointers. He'll slide into that lead guard spot. We saw Jarkel Joiner in last year. This goes along with the move of adding Jaden Taylor from Butler. We'll give NC State an older backcourt. One that, as Kevin Keats has said many times, <laughs> listen, man, if I can get a fifth or sixth year guard, guess what I'm going to get? A yeah, fifth or sixth year guard. Warren okay. went to high school in Fayetteville is from Raleigh. This is his third college stop.
0: I mean, are we not seeing... I mean, we're we're really seeing the evolution of college basketball happening in real time where you could be a school like Duke that has access to top recruits, a school like Carolina, same boat, but even they'll try to mix in a ready-made college player that can contribute right now. Or in the case of, say, Kyle Filipowski, hey, man, I can have this guy develop, know what he's here to do and come back for another year in Kyle Filipowski, or do I chance it with another freshman, right? Again, there's a mixture to this, but I think for 98% of college basketball programs, this is the move, man. This is the move. So we'll yeah, see, if, you it, don't we'll see if it pays put off.
2: With
1: You don't, I mean... Quite frankly, when you're in the situation that Kevin Keys was in last year, where you, you're going to win right now. you got to win right now. now, man. But that's every year for every coach. you got to win right now. And that is going to be the norm for all these coaches. And they're going to want to cast their lot, Joe, with a veteran player. Yes. And as long as we're going to see these extra years of eligibility for, for the COVID year, you're going to see coaches go with older veteran guards who are going to be a little impervious to playing on the stage. And also you'll see as Jarkel Joyner was a hungry guard. And I think Horn is the exact kind of player that uh, Kevin Keats wants. It's one Joel Justice of that Arizona State, his assistant, he's familiar with the player. We saw this last year with Joyner, who had been with Levi Watkins at Ole Miss. So you're not guessing. Here's a guy also that averaged 12.5 points a game as their lead guard and shot 35% from three. Again, you're not guessing and hoping. You know what you're going to get out of Horn. I have a
0: feeling that this was long in the plan for the for NC State, right? This was a player to be named for Herb Sendek.
1: This is completing the 06 deal, which saw Herb Sendek on April 1st leave for Arizona State.
0: It only took...
1: 17 years it only took 17 hey, years hey, to this the trade was for a player to be named later well now we know what later is kind of like the indefinite suspension at duke well it's one day thanks now we sense. know when nc state makes a trade it's 17 years later next up
0: one of the four all of the four or half of the four so Jalen Hurts becomes the league's highest paid player by agreeing to a five year two hundred and fifty-five million contract extension with the Philadelphia Eagles. A good chunk of that, almost two hundred million of that, is gonna be guaranteed, at least last time I checked. Of course, this makes sense. You you, you got something with Jalen Hurts, right? That was the that was the, the scratch off ticket the we bill was going to come play. due with a quarterback we that helped you get to the play. Super Bowl last year the w- and then now you got to pay so the man and go he's going to get paid we this of course brings we up the inevitable conversation in of so what about 30. Lamar Jackson would Lamar Jackson take a deal like this would so Lamar way. Jackson have taken get being there, the highest so paid way. NFL player with a not fully all guaranteed all contract I guess we'll never know now will we tell
1: I guess this is where I'm confused why Baltimore never took care of Lamar Jackson and why they're at the stalemate that they're at now. Is this as simple as Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent? I think Jaylen it's as, simple as that. Does.
0: Yeah, according to uh, Hertz agent, this is in the Washington Post. The deal includes $179.3 in guaranteed money, including $110 million that is fully guaranteed. It also has a no trade provision eagles confirmed the agreement without announcing the financial terms though but again it's not a fully guaranteed quarter uh uh, contract which is the point of this supposed standoff with the baltimore ravens even though i'll go back to something that pomani jones has told us in his various appearances with us here on 99.9 the fan we don't know what lamar jackson's actually asked for because lamar jackson doesn't have an agent and i don't want to oversimplify it man but an agent does the work for you. An agent can handle the messaging, too. An agent would probably advise against going on Twitter and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I asked for a trade back on March 2nd, right? And a tra- and an agent can also help mitigate some of the conversation around you when your team goes and adds Odell Beckham Jr., who's also said, I didn't come to the Ravens on some guarantee that Lamar Jackson was going to be my quarterback. So I really do think an agent, in if you're Lamar Jackson – goes a long way into shaping how we're discussing it and probably getting closer to the deal that you want. You can you can get your first deal because all that stuff is pretty much on a schedule. The second deal, as we're finding out, is yeah. a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think anyone, you know, Roy Williams had a, a law professor from Kansas handle his contracts forever. Yeah. You know, you could do that when there's structure to the rookie contract scale. Yes. But... The time for Lamar Jackson to get the deal that he wants right now was two years ago. It was. Now, why the Ravens balked at that then, I don't know. But I think this, the messaging has been clear from the Ravens that they don't view him as a solution, even though he was an MVP in this league and he's 26 which, years old.
0: Of course, the response to that is, what is their answer to that solution? If they don't well, think Tyler he's Huntley. the solution,
1: is Tyler Huntley really the solution? Well, no, they're, they've done the usual thing, which is they've convinced themselves That it's not the player, it's the coach and the system and that whoever they put in there is going to have the success that Lamar Jackson has had, which, you know, there's some truth that you could be a playoff team with that structure. Yeah, but I I, I don't see them uh, making a run for the Super Bowl without Lamar Jackson.
0: The one thing that I saw pick up today in, in the well, this is what Jalen Hurts got and he got to a Super Bowl. Well, what is Lamar Jackson worth? And it's wild to me that people's like, well, Lamar Jackson never got to a Super Bowl. Or Lamar Jackson's been hurt, X, Y, Z. It's like, well, how many times have we seen Jalen Hurts do this to justify the thing? Which gets back to the other main point that I will always go back to with these quarterback discussions. The big grabby headline right now is that Jalen Hurts is the highest paid player in the NFL. How long is that going to last?
1: Oh, Joe Burrow is going to outpace him as, as well assuming the Bengals don't do don't out Cincinnati themselves I mean
0: that's entirely possible too it's a good point that is a notoriously cheap organization that maybe but even
1: they would pay their quarterback
0: they'd pay their quarterback they might not pay around Joe Burrow and just rely on him to try to be successful so these things ultimately end up paying for themselves the NFL's salary cap is not going to go back down the NFL seems to be immune to a lot of these television issues that are faced In the NBA or the NHL and the NFL is also going to
1: so when I was looking to transfer it was um, a lot of one-on-one and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take but also too I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a
2: professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.
0: Put their product just about everywhere to continue to raise the bar in terms of what they get in terms of television. That's why they're playing around with more Thursday night games. It's why they wouldn't be opposed to venturing into Friday night territory as well because they got to maximize that TV deal. So the price is going up for the NFL. The salary cap goes up, too. And if the price for quarterbacks is always going to go up, eventually you're going to save money when you knock the deal out now. So the the short-sighted thinking of, oh, my goodness, we can't make him the highest-paid quarterback. Well, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback for six months. So get over yourself.
1: I, I used to say this about Washington, My frustration with too. the Lamar Jackson situation isn't so much as with the Ravens. Because, again, I think their messaging has been clear all along by not getting the deal done with him. My frustration is with other teams, Washington, yes. Atlanta, yes. who are desperate for a quarterback and don't look at a 26 year old MVP of the league and say, this will this will immediately not only make us better, but it'll put us in the playoffs yep. and put us in a position to contend for the Super Bowl with the right players around him. Because if you want to compare anyone To Cam Newton, it's Lamar Jackson. Jackson. What what help has he gotten in Baltimore? A tight end, which is basically what Cam Newton got in Carolina.
0: Greg also was pretty good tight. He was. And Mark Andrews is
1: really good for Baltimore. Next up, one, two, three. The Brotherhood is going big? Question mark. What? Joe? What? Brian Davis? That Brian Davis? Former Duke yeah! two time national champ, running mate of Christian Leitner um, has now, I'm gonna read this from SB Nation, has put in a bizarre seven billion dollar all cash offer for the commanders. I'm telling you right now he doesn't have the money. There have been questions about this deal, but apparently former Duke basketball Brian Duke basketball player Brian Davis has put in a seven billion dollar offer to come over the top yeah. of Josh Harris's group with Magic Johnson to purchase the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder. There's something
0: funny about this, and there seems to be something funny about um, about Davis here. And yes, I-, I love the reaction to wait that Brian that Brian Davis. That Brian Davis?
1: So who invested fairly heavily in Durham, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, Sean, Sean, former NFL player, Sean Merriman had tweeted out like he doesn't have the money. He owes me money. He owes a lot of people money.
1: There seems to be something, seven B's a lot of money, a, Joe. Cash. Th- that is the offer. That's, correct.
0: That's when that's when the red flags went up. Thinking to myself, who has seven bill? Because cash? that was the Tepper deal
1: was. Yeah, Tepper Tepper's
0: deal cash. was a cash transaction, but that was at two point two three. Right. OK. And. David Tepper's worth was like something like an 8 billion or whatever it is. And there is really
1: got a bill in cash, by the way. I know I realize I'm asking like an existential question, but like who could go to a bank right now? Bees out. Well, David Tepper could. And the funny thing is, David. here's the other thing about This is the other
0: reason why I think this is funny money, right? The reason why David Tepper was able to get the Panthers is that he actually paid cash and got a little bit of a discount. Remember, David Tepper did not have the highest bid, but David Tepper had cash in hand, and that was his argument. This is not a leveraged buy. This is not I'm good for the money down the line, I have to secure the funding through a bank. This was do you want the two billion right now?
1: I think El Chapo is the only one that's maybe. Got- Six maybe bill it's like it's just like a when a coffee I, can in the front yard it's I like mean, when,
0: it's like when you go to the gas on. it's like when you go to the gas station and when you like go you pay you pay cash gas you usually get like a couple cents knocked off because you got the cash right used now used to be yeah no you, still, you can still do, do that still now. Do it? Okay. you can still do that now you can save like five cents if you pay cash right or if you get it off the debit card well i think that's what's going on here because that's what's funny to me if i'm brian davis you go oh no, no, no i will give you 5.5 billion cash right now as opposed to this ownership group that is from Josh Harris that is leveraged. So there's something that's fishy about this. I was texting with somebody, one of our favorite NFL insiders, about this particular thing, like, what's going on with this? And they're like, yeah, man, this doesn't add up. Something's off here. But it has gummed up the works for the purchase of the Washington Commanders. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. Ah, bracket luck, folks. We love talking about bracket luck. And it's not just exclusive to the NCAA tournament. It's entirely possible the NBA is going to break out with some bracket luck as well. Injuries were the theme and the story of the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. Shia Moran hurt. Giannis Antetokounmpo hurt. Tyler Hero, broken hand, still hitting threes though. Anthony Davis comes up saying, I can't feel my arm. Of course, he comes back into this. Let's talk about Morant and Antetokounmpo, though, Joe, because these two key players missing time in these two key series is going to go a long way to deciding things. Yes. And if you're a Lakers fan, if you're the NBA executives, you're you're getting a little tingly feeling because, ooh, the Lakers look pretty good.
1: Straight up, the Bucks cannot win a playoff series without Giannis Antetokounmpo. No. Straight up. Straight up, the Memphis Grizzlies cannot win a playoff series without John ja Morant. Yes, I know what they did last year. They don't have Steven Adams. They don't have Brandon Clark. They're already shorthanded. So this is a problem only in this sense, because you're right. If Giannis is gone and we'll see what happens out West. But yeah, I don't think anyone in the NBA front office is going to be broken up. If it's the Celtics out of the East (laughs) and the (laughs) Lakers out of the West, I I don't think anyone's going to have a problem. with Not
0: that. that. I don't how would think, now,
1: I will say to you, I do think the West is wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, the way that the Suns struggled yesterday gave me some pause about where they are. But I think that had a lot to do with how the Clippers played against them. I thought the Nuggets, as the number one seed out West, really asserted themselves against Minnesota. So even though some of these stars are hurt, you look at who else is there, and I think... The NBA is at one of those like oh four oh five levels where you're looking at the playoff as a tournament, as like the NCAA tournament. Right. You're like, okay, well, I, I don't know who the heck's going to win this thing. Anybody could win this thing. If
0: the matchups play out a certain way. Yeah, I mean, Heat
1: culture, could be the Lakers. Heat culture really coming through. Yep, oh, you know, Giannis or no Giannis, they're still the eight seed. They're still you know on the kind of. The uh, death rattle of the, of the Jimmy Butler era, and he he put up one of those. But I was going to say Jimmy still got it. Where you are like, yeah, this guy's still got it. Jimmy still got Same it. Same with Kawhi Leonard, kind of mm-hmm. coming up from the ashes, uh, leading the Clippers who are missing Paul George to an opening uh, road win, and then the Kings. Kind of everybody's been overlooking the Kings. The first time in the playoffs in sixteen years. And I tell you what, the Warriors balled out Saturday night. Yes. And the Kings were just better. The Aaron Fox was just better. So... I think there's still a lot of intrigue in there, but if you were to say to me that it's going to be the Celtics and the Lakers, I'd say, yeah, I can see that.
0: Back to uh, the Grizzlies and Morant's injury. Here's Dave McMenamin, ESPN, on the seriousness of Morant's injury. He had the x-rays come back negative, but there is some concern as to whether or not he'd actually grip with that hand.
2: After the collision happened, uh, I think Anthony Davis lined up to take a charge against Morant. He ended up... Kind of bracing his fall with the hand that was already wrapped going into the game, had kind of a pad on it. You could hear as he got up and ran off the court to go to the locker room to have it looked at, you could hear him like yelp in pain. Like it was an audible, you can tell it's a very painful situation from what we heard him say there. And of course, you know, there's something like, Five or six minutes to go in the game. At that point, he goes back to the locker room, and he comes back to the bench for like three minutes or so left in the game, and he's not going to the scores table. You know the competitor that this guy is, and the stakes of the moment. You know the fact that he can go back into the game and afterwards said that game two could be in jeopardy. I I, I think it's a real thing. I don't think this is posturing. I don't think this is. Uh, trying to you know use gamemanship, uh, Whether the Lakers will will he or won't he going into game two? I think he's being serious. That you know his hand's pretty jacked up right now.
1: So That's Dave McMenamin on ESPN. Uh, this this also reminds me of Joe, 2012. We're in St. Louis. Kendall Marshall, I believe, got the cast off of his yeah wrist. Yeah, and Carolina point guard, and we're hanging out with Bobby Fraser. And I said, oh, come on, you know, Marshall's going to play. They'll just shoot him up and he'll be fine. Right. And he goes, Joe, to shoot up his hand, do you know what happens? (laughs) I go, "Uh, he probably can't have a great feel for the ball. Probably not, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, while you're right, normally he'd shoot up an ankle, a knee, maybe the back. He goes, You can't shoot up a hand. Yeah. So when I look at Morant, I think of the famous last words from famous words. From Bobby Fraser, Joe, Joe, you can't shoot off a hand. Yeah,
0: thanks, thanks to Bobby <laughs> Fraser on that one.
1: Now, sometimes injury- you need the obvious explained to you, Joe. That was one of those times that I needed to explain as, to me. As far
0: as the injuries, there is a common factor here, and that is the block charge. Uh, both Giannis and John Morant's injuries happened when they were going to the going to the uh, basket, and a defender slid underneath them while they were leaping and then they brace themselves, they land awkwardly. In the case of Antetokounmpo, it's a uh, back contusion. So we, we discuss block charges all the time in college, yeah. and I understand why they exist in college, because you got 350 teams, not all of them are highly skilled, and mucking up the lane is a good way to equalize yourself against a much more talented squad. In the NBA, you don't need that. You're all good, Okay. These guys are too athletic for you to be getting away with that crap underneath the basket. And here's Kirk Goldsberry on ESPN on these charge plays and the injuries that are coming from it and an honest discussion about how the NBA officials have to call us.
2: Well, I want to actually talk to you about that charge call, j cause a lot of people are saying now we got to change the rule because, you know, jaw got hurt on some more sort of charging, blocking situation in the paint. I think one key thing we can look at is the size of that restricted area is the size of players like Giannis or the athleticism of players like jaw Morant continues to grow. Extend you know, out. Is, is the size of the circle too small? Because you're exactly right. My issue is when they are airborne and you have a dude sliding into the path that was the both of those sort of plays were incentivizing
0: Learn more at nc. So that's Kirk Colsbury on ESPN. And yeah, there has to be a discussion about this. I'm not saying that you get rid of all charges. Charges do exist. But in this particular case, it's fairly obvious uh, what to do. Just don't reward guys for getting underneath somebody by sliding into place. That's not defense. That's simply not defense. No.
1: And it's falling down and getting in the way. And uh, look, the NBA has done an unbelievable job of getting it out of the regular season, but you know, stakes are up in the playoffs, and guys trying to make plays at all yeah. costs. And hopefully, it, it won't be something that uh, that continues. Next up, I, 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 number, one. number one is Game One, or
0: as we are calling it, Game Eighty-Three. Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders. will discuss the matchup that the Canes wanted and what we expect to see in this series next. People starting to show up, getting hyped for the start of the playoffs. Another start to the playoffs. The fifth start to the playoffs in a row, Joe. And I love this. I love that the expectations are raised up. And I guess what tonight is really about is just how much stock you put into the fact that the last month of the season was one that the Canes were very much ready to get over with. Everybody's on the same page now. And they're ready to put the hammer down. That's what Marty Nates has told Luke DeCock in the News and Observer. It's something that you and I have talked about this last month. It's a grind. They know where they're in. How do you keep that motivation? Well, all that's out the window now. This is really easy to be motivated for.
1: Yeah. And I, look, there was a grind through the last month of the season. And then there was still something to play for. But uh, what, the encouragement I would take if I'm the Canes, and yes, the injuries are real. The absence of Andre sveshnikov will be felt. The absence. Of Max Pacioretty, who you know was supposed to be, what was the the big deadline yes. acquisition just made last off season, will be felt. But the truth of the matter is, they played a game against Florida on Thursday. That was a playoff game, and they needed to summon their game, and they did. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, too, in the third period of that game, you saw their flaws. Okay, the power play needs to be better. Period. End of story. The goaltending in the third period of that game from Frederick Anderson was not good enough. That's not going to get it done here. So while I understand the premise of, hey, second most points in the league, we won all these games, we rotated goalies. The only reason you would see Frederick Anderson in the playoffs right now is if Antti Ranta screws up. Or get hurt. Or he gets hurt, which, which is also in play with him. Which is it, which
0: is in play, and this is why... To but he's count-
1: been really, really good at home.
0: But to counter that, if you understand that Ronta can be fragile, and I'm, I, I know that sounds really, really harsh. I'm just going based on what we know about Ronta. There yeah. are times where nothing happens on the play, and he suddenly goes down, you're thinking, oh, no, what happened? Did his groin just give out? You know, like any number of things. So I actually think it's it would be smart of Rod Brunemore to, hey, you start Ron to tonight, but then you got Anderson in game two because that's how things have been the entirety of the regular season. Yeah. yeah like, I'm, this... all, I'm only half kidding about game <laughs> I, 83, man. I know. I'm only I half know. kidding about that. But so, and I, and I guess that also is what my general attitude with the Canes going into the postseason. I think last last week was for the fretting. okay? Last week was for the
1: butts being tied. Right, oh my month, goodness! The last month, give it the last month. But they, it really, they didn't I play think, at it, a level that they needed to play I th- at. I think
0: it really came to a head, though. Uh, the this, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, where they the lost loss up a Buffalo. Buffalo and, and Rod, had everybody all freaked out. Yeah, Rod calls him
1: out. Rod called him out. Rod played the right right moves there. He pressed, the, he pressed the right buttons after that loss. Yeah, I thought in particular. Yeah, and again, you wanted a response. You got the response in the home win, and then they go down to they go down to Florida on the Thursday, and they played well in those first two periods mm-hmm. in the way that they're capable of playing and dominating in a puck possession game where they kind of play keep away on yes. you. Also, what we saw Joe, which was the the, the true answer for them without Sveshnikov, without Patcheri is the defense has to score, mm-hmm. and when Brent Burns scores twice. In that Florida game, you're going okay. This is a path home. You have to figure out your path home, and I, I think what's safe to say at this point, they're probably if they win the Stanley Cup, it's not going to be on the strength of their goaltending. If they win the Stanley Cup, it's not going to be on the strength of their power play. It is going to be like we saw last year out of Colorado. Yeah, you saw a balanced team that was able to one through twenty three to say, "This is how we're going to play," and that's exactly what Rod said after the Buffalo game. I need buy-in from everyone. And that Tuesday, they come home. They play a game. You get a goal from Jordan Martinook. Mm-hmm. You get a goal from Stefan Nason. And you're going, okay, this is what the Canes look like. Mm-hmm. This is who they are.